I'm Muriel. And I'm Nick. And welcome to Hella, Hella in Your 30s. This week, we try to figure out what the hell is going on with the Democratic primaries. <laughs> Let's do yoga. Let's get fit. Let's do jumping jacks. And we'll get rich. But oops, I found that bottle of gin underneath the sink again. So tomorrow's a new day. Let's order pizza. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Hella in Your 30s. This is the podcast where Nick and Muriel try to figure out adult stuff we should all already know. Uh, and like, for instance, um, is your husband going to divorce you? Because just a few moments ago, Muriel was like, I feel like you're divorcing me. And I don't, so, you know, we're always just constantly grasping at straws to figure out what is reality. Well, he was, you were being really, really nice to me. Yeah. And what I said was, and I worked on my I feel statements, which is what I've been working on lately. (laughs) I said, it feels... Like you're trying to pry me for a divorce. And Nick just stared at me for a really long time and goes, that's what you got out of that? (laughs) I feel like you're a complete psycho. Well, I feel like you should (laughs) shut up. Uh, okay so thank you for okay. the compliments earlier and yes. i i now accept that you are not trying to divorce me i love you so much okay, and great. i'm not trying to prime you for anything except for what? for a loving relationship oh and money okay uh, <laughs> because you're the breadwinner girl okay um all right speaking of breadwinners we have three winners to thank for signing up for our patreon we're so excited we launched a patreon a little while ago listen up Listen up, freakos. If you like this podcast and you want to support it, you can donate to our Patreon. If you do it before December 10th, we will send you a very uh, awesome (laughs) holiday card. We're going to get you something in the mail if you sign it before December December 10th. 10th. A surprise. And and we have banging ass bonus episodes and content and footage and all types of fun stuff happening over there. But we got to shout out three winners uh, who signed up for our Patreon. We got Grace K. We got Lindsay L. We got Natalie H. We love you guys. We got tiers ranging from $2 up to a million dollars. We love you so much. And we say this again. I'll say it again if you haven't heard us say it. All we're doing is adding to our zombie apocalypse team. Yes. Everybody on our Patreon is someone that we'd want on our team to survive the zombie apocalypse. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I will be sharpening sticks for you to jab (laughs) into zombie faces. And maybe that'll be part of your Christmas present. Okay. Okay. Let's keep going. Okay. Speaking of people we love, we know that some of you listening to this, because we know, are Trump supporters. And we don't know for sure, but... We know for sure. Do we? Okay, great. Yeah. And I just want to say that you actually have some pretty cool people in your ranks. I have hung out with some maniac Trump Trump supporters who I think uh, offer a lot to society in terms of mayhem and mischief. <laughs> and I, my life wouldn't, wouldn't be anywhere near as cool without them in my life. So I just want to say, if you're a Trump supporter... Not only do I love you, but Muriel specifically loves you because she's a Trump supporter. Don't and- ever. <laughs> but- what, what Nick is trying to say in a very nice way, very funny and humorous, and don't you ever, is uh, at this point, we're just going to have to own. We were trying to figure out a way to, to do this podcast about the Democratic primaries in like a really like 
egalitarian sort of like you know like whatever well, we didn't like, want to you know um like alienate yeah what we're saying right now is it's a good time to just turn off this episode <laughs> listen there will be we're gonna have two episodes in a row you're not gonna want to listen to them you're gonna get mad don't listen to them write us some horrible yelp review or whatever <laughs> Just turn off your stupid thing. And then in like two weeks, we're going to have some really banging episodes. We're going to get back to like, I think we're going to try to figure out how to change the filters in our car, which I think will be very funny and disastrous. And you can laugh at our liberal faces for how little we know. Oh my God. Trust me, we will be getting right back to normal snowflake behavior very soon. Very soon. But probably right now, if you don't want to be mad at us or... You know, whatever. Or, if you're feeling if sensitive. You want anim- if you want ammunition to go after us. For- I, all I'm saying is like, I don't want to be like going on our, like, uh, you know, iTunes reviews and getting like a one star being like, I like this before it got political. <laughs> I don't like it anymore. Where are you for political? Ah! It's 2020, bitch. Get used to it. But we're going to try. <laughs> so- it's only 2019, <laughs> but you are right. We I are forward a- thinking and the future is now. I'm upset so okay. i love you turn off your stupid thing In if you're gonna get three, mad three two, two one. one okay goodbye okay so now we have another uh thing. <laughs> another announcement to make. so this is the other announcement <sighs> we're trying to make it through our lives right now and there's a lot i think if you're hella in your 30s right now especially like and i think maybe everyone we're all feeling like it's armageddon so nick and i were thinking I think the only way that we can get as engaged as we want to in this round of primaries for this year is for us to do it in our way, which is probably going to be pretty irreverent, <laughs> blatantly disrespectful, pretty like maybe offensive, definitely not like seriously, like really <laughs> we're going to try our hardest to learn and to yes. spread like, um, NFL level like joy and shit talking right like Super Bowl level mm-hmm. for the the primary debates but I think we may sound kind of dumb well we're gonna be writing that nice line of irony where it's like okay Mr. and Mrs. Privilege over here right with your irony or right. whatever exactly and, like, shitty tendencies so look. we just have a lot we're just saying like there is so much to criticize about the way that we are about to start talking about the primaries. So if you're feeling like stressed and like, I, I, uh, this is not going to make me relax. This is going to make me like mourn our generation and mourn like being a liberal for how dumb we sound or anything like that. If like, if that's going to feel like not great to you, we're offering you the opportunity to again, Turn off your podcast. That's right, because we do not want any one-star reviews saying, like, oh, I love this until they got completely irresponsible with the power they wield as podcasters. Like, why do they not know how primaries work? <laughs> this is an embarrassment to all college-educated assholes. Like, I mean, seriously, like, we, we're we going to try to learn, but in our trying to learn, we're going to embrace, like, um, the only thing that keeps us surviving in our one bedroom apartment that's too much for us to afford and our non dentist appointments because they're too much to afford 
The only thing that helps us is to make fun of everybody <laughs> and pretend like it doesn't matter, even so, though it really, really, really does. Yeah, even though it's literally life and death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyways, if you're one of those it's people, too much, if too it's sensitive. too much, and you're going to be all like, "Oh, they're not taking it seriously," right, then I okay. need you to turn this podcast. We're, in, we're inviting off. you to turn, turn. Ready? One, One, two, two three. three. Off. Goodbye. Okay. Thank you. So now it's just the cool people. Left. Yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> Welcome to the race. Yeah. Okay. We're doing. Yeah. Okay, so there's the situation. Our president is a monster. He's a straight up idiot child soiled diaper baby. Who happens to be incredibly good at stacking all the courts with like the most disastrously <sighs> evil, conservative, shithead, horrible judges that are actually going to change our lives. Yeah, so I mean, we've got, we know the stakes here, people. Everything <laughs> yeah. is a complete fucking disaster. Uh, they're and, like, oh, uh, the uh, unemployment rates are down. It's like, oh, really? For how much are those jobs paying? Yeah. What are those jobs? What is happening and everything is whatever. So oh anyways, it's 2016. I think there were four presidents in the history. I mean, it's not 2016. We're going to bring you to 2016 in a minute. But it's 2019. Elections are in 2020. There are four presidents in the history of the country who did not win a second term. Right. So and, who are they? And, Do you remember? Uh, I wrote them down. It was like, um, well, Carter was out, right? Yeah, but it's all we. It's like, oh my god, why did you ask me that? I don't the know. First Sorry, thing we're good. Oh, there will be no fact checking. No, this episode. I'm gonna go pull it up. If you're gonna you fact, stop, you stop, you talk. Okay, don't talk I will. About this. I will, but I will just say no. this. If you're a fact checker and you care about that kind of stuff, turn this episode off in three, two, one, zero. Off. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. All right, what? Okay, so it's five, five. incumbent presidents in history of lost re-election. Okay. Okay, so Taft in ninety twelve. How do you say? Nineteen twelve. <laughs> Boy, that is the most uh, Generation X thing I've ever heard you say, or oh, Generation like, Z. What yeah. are the Zoomers are the ones? Yeah, Anyways, we're the Zoomers. Uh, Hoover thirty two. So what's interesting to me is actually the boomers have experienced the most of uh, like uh, people not like have lo losing reelection. The boomers have experienced everything too, I know. because it was all like Nixon and just a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. But then we're going to be that. Yeah. Too. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah. No, no, no. So, um, but they had uh, uh, Ford didn't win reelection in 76. And then he lost to Jimmy Carter. Who uh, then lost immediately yeah, to Reagan. Yeah. Who did yeah. he lose to? So then Jimmy Carter lost to Reagan. And then uh, George Bush Sr., Herbert Walker. No. Yeah, George... Herbie, Herbie Dub. Yeah, yeah, Herbie Dub. He, uh, he lost in 92 to Clinton. So those are the three, um, pretty, in pretty recent history, those are the three presidents who didn't win re-election when yeah, they yeah. tried to, when they were going for re-election. So we've got, it's historically not uh, super common right. for an incumbent president. But it is possible. But it's possible. So... Here we go. That's part of this thing. What else is my point? I don't know. We have to. Donald Trump cannot be president anymore. Yeah, so that's our chances. It's historically not as, as common, but it's been happening more in the modern era. Plus, we have, as our people of our age, 35, 36, whatever, we've only had five primaries. We've only been able to vote in five primaries. Four. But because one of them was Obama. No, no, no. We've had four primaries, and 2020 will be the fifth. Oh, right. So and this then, will be the fifth that we can. 
But in his historically, we've had three that we can even vote on. Right, because I remember being in high school and it was like Al Gore was going up and I was all like, Nader! And yeah, I had like a yeah. Nader sticker on my thing and I was like, Al Gore's the man, you know? Like, I'm going Nader, but I couldn't vote. We couldn't vote. I was 17 um, when all of that was going on. Right. And, and so then we George that. Dub won. And yeah. then we were like, okay, well, John Kerry seems like he's not the devil. So let's vote for John Kerry in the and primaries. He, in the primaries. Yeah. And then he, of course, I guess in retrospect lost. Well, he was like the strongest candidate. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. When, uh, when the whole like, um, Bush Gore thing was going on, like I have been stressing about, like, I think like a lot of people, I've been stressing about climate change since I was like, 10 like very stressed and so like i have (laughs) gore in the ether of like the person who's like been sort of aware of climate change so in the year 2000 that was like when i was in high school i was like get gore in there save the world and that was i could vote so i i took my little brother who at the time was i think 10 and i recruited him to go out at night with me like after like before bed but after dinner so in Seattle, it's like 4.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, it's dark. It gets dark at like 4.30. And, uh, and we just went around and pulled up uh, uh, Bush Cheney signs. Oh, I I was ripping them off of uh, bumper stickers. See what's over yeah, we doing yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, vandalizing. So we were, I collected probably 30 of those things. I just was going around yard to yard, pulling them out of yards, pulling them out of medians, yeah. just whatever, handing to my 10-year-old brother. Johnny... <laughs> Listen, I tried to, I was, uh, okay. I was not a responsible sister, but I tried to be a good sister. Uh, I think it was probably the opposite. You were responsible and you tried to be good, but you just weren't that good. I just was really, I I tried. I thought I was doing the right thing. You know, whatever. I think you were doing the right thing. Pulling my 10 year old brother into the dark night to pull up signs. Yeah. Because then when the cops show up, you're going to be like, oh, we were just playing a game. Yeah. That's what I'll do. I mean, I'm sure that was what was crossing my tiny rotten mind at the time. Uh, Yeah. So. (sighs) So then, okay. So then the next part. The point we're making with all of this is we haven't had that many primaries, really. Yeah, right. So we've we've voted in them, but typically like, like not involved, not like not super in. involved, and like I always kind of was just like fine with the like DNC favorite, you know. Even when yeah. Hillary and Bernie were really close to each other um, in 2016 in the primaries, I still was like, oh, I love Hillary. Like I was just like kind of like more of a in an odd way more of a centrist just because i was like maybe a centrist can get something done yeah and she you know? can kind of continue the good shit obama did and it seemed like a nice handing off of the baton and it just seemed to me it was just like oh hillary will obviously beat donald trump donald trump is a fucking cartoon of a devil it's like there's no way. Yeah, and at least like Clinton's devilish ways were like not a cartoon. They were like a beautiful painting. Right, exactly. You a know? renaissance painting of yeah. total other crap. Yeah. But, you know, we were just like, yeah, that seems great. I mean, and then when Obama got elected, uh, when he got the nomination in uh, 08, we were just like super excited about him. And like there was it was really an easy choice. And I, like, Whatever was going on, I don't remember being at all activated in that primary i wasn't but i voted for him in the primary yeah i wasn't activated but my my whole family was super like super into well, Obama. You got the, all those illinois people too. yeah and we were moving to illinois yeah. and like i was just kind of dialed into like chicago and i had been talking to my grandma a lot and she um 
loved Obama's book and I was just like, oh, and he's, and I think the main thing was, is I was like, he's so young, you know, I was well, like, well, and we had also just come off of this, like Bush, Clinton, Bush, and then we we're just going to go back was, to Clinton. Yeah. Thing? I think that was like a huge thing. Being one of the kids who just felt like really like, you know, 17 during that Gore election, yeah, you right. just feel so disenfranchised and then you're locked into eight years of stupid ass Bush. Yeah, right. It was just like, oh my God, can we get a break? Let's get a fresh person in there. I think that was really true. And, you know, other than that, it was like, yeah, of course we're going to like carry seem like the best choice in, you know, Oh four. And it was just like, and we couldn't vote in the primaries for 2000. So, right. You know, that was kind of it. And then we had like our 2012 and like, there's no democratic primaries because we're running Obama again. Right. Right. So here we are, we know it's really early 2019 and there's this insane field. There's like 12 potential candidates. Right. And it was like 24 last month. Yeah. It's this huge thing. It seems like more important than ever. And like, for me, I'm just like, I want to be involved. Like I want to learn more. I want to know who I support. I just like want to get, <laughs> get into it. Well now it's like, not just like, you know, Bernie did super well in 2016 in the primaries, but that was like pretty crazy. Like, you know, he's like a democratic socialist and it was like, right. now it was a it's big like big deal for him to even run as a Democrat. The reason why I think this feels so important to us is because 2016 was probably the most brutal election we've ever lived through. Well, def definitely that we've ever lived through. I mean, like that we've ever lived through. It was just like that. It, like, I mean, I think Bush beating Gore was really rough. Yeah. But we couldn't vote. Right. And then it's 2016 and we watched this fucking clown, just this fascist clown going around. You guys remember back in 2016 when Trump was just following Hillary around on the debate floor and looming behind her like I a psychopath? watching those debates and I just was like literally... Like, I know people will vote for him because everyone because there's going to be people that hate Clinton and there's going to be people that just want like a maniac. I knew he would get some votes, but I was just after watching those debates specifically, I was like, there's literally no way he will win. No way. I was so I was so convinced that. This is how convinced Muriel and I were. Like, okay, we're coastal elitists. We're, oh, wait, we I want to say it. I have to say it because it's a lady's story. Okay, it is a lady story, but I just want to say, say this is how, how convinced we were that Donald Trump had a 0% chance of winning. My grandmother lives in Chicago, and we were there uh, both times that Obama was elected to presidency. Well, we had just moved to Chicago too for that first 2008. And it was so exciting. It was like, so people in our neighborhood were shooting off guns. It was like <laughs> this like crazy, like insane thing. And my grandma loved Obama so much. Well, and your grandma loves politics. She loves politics. She loves MSNBC. Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. she loves Chris Matthews. Like, so a huge part of like, like when I moved in with my grandmother, like, so when Nick and I moved to Chicago in 2008 and we stayed with her before we got an apartment and, you know, I obviously like always like loved my grandmother and I always felt really close to her, but I had only seen her once a year during the summers because we never lived near each other. Right. So, you know, like sometimes you have a grandparent and like you just see them once, in, like once a year and that's like, you know, it's 
obviously you have like a deep bond and you love each other, but like you don't have the experience of like knowing each other. And so when we moved to Chicago and we were staying with her, it's like every night, you know, she <laughs> starts drinking wine at four and we were just still trying to find jobs and like yeah, yeah, be yeah. actors. So like we would just start drinking wine at four every night. I'd make like some crazy elaborate dinner out of a cookbook. We'd have these crazy dinners. We'd watch Chris Matthews. We'd like talk shit. And it was like this crazy bonding experience. So like, it was really special to be in Chicago with a huge Obama fan, but it was also like a part of the fabric of us, like having a more substantial relationship with my grandmother, which was so special. And so then the election became also a tradition of like marking our time together, you know? And so then like when we had the reelection in 2012, like Nick and I like took the train out to grandma's house. We like spent the night, we went snack shopping. We set up shop at like 10 a.m. And we're just like like watching the voting like stuff come in and the Pudnits, all this kind yeah, of yeah. stuff, right? We did that all day. So in 2016, we had moved to L.A. So we weren't living in uh, Chicago anymore. And we bought tickets to fly back to watch the 2016 elections with my 80, I think she was 82 at the time, 82-year-old grandma, uh to watch the first female president be elected. <laughs> that's really, and that's really where we were at. We were like, well, we have to fly to watch the first female president get elected. With my grandmother. I mean, of course, it was it was Hillary, and like it was Hillary Clinton that's like obviously part of it. But like it was also just like the first woman. Like we just, it was so obvious to us, the stupid idiots. We're idiots. That she was going to win that we made a vacation out of I it. made a goddamn cake. I made like <laughs> I made like crazy like snacks. I think I made ribs. I did this thing where I was like, let's have an America party. Like, I mean, I was just like <laughs> like hot dog things. Like I just like snacks and all kinds of shit. And we got there and the whole night my grandmother wrapped in a poncho is just making like Marge Simpson grumbling noises because she thinks Trump's gonna win. And she kept being like, well, I don't know. And my grandma is a 100% doom and gloom lady. Well, so. also, right, because like when we say she loves MSNBC and loves Chris Matthews, that doesn't mean she's ever smiled or said anything nice no, about either of those two entities. Like, oh, it makes me sick. <laughs> she just turns it on and sits there and watches it. It's more like actions speak louder than words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more, it's a love to hate thing. You know, like it's not like a joyful thing. But, you know, like we were like, let's have a party because we're the bad, bad element of the situation. But we're like, okay, we're going to have a political watching party. We have snacks. We have everything. And my grandma... <laughs> It's just the whole time being like, mm, I think, I don't know. I don't know if Hillary's going to win it. I think Trump's going to win it. You know, and we kept being like, you're being so ridiculous. Yeah. And then we're watching it and we watched the results come in. And what I remember really specifically is that <laughs> like everyone starts getting darker and darker. But because we they started off on MSNBC with like, obviously they're like America and democracy, yeah. but yeah. they were clearly already celebrating Clinton's victory. Yeah. Like it was just like, clearly they were just like, yay, we're so excited. Like even if you, cause we were rotating through different networks. So even when you watched Fox results, yeah, right. they were a little more serious, more grounded. Like, yeah. Right. Cause they were sure they were going to lose. Yes. And literally MSNBC was already throwing like ticker tape 
like they were like throwing it like there was just everybody was smiling ear to ear and as the night progressed and the results started coming in rachel maddow started losing her damn mind <laughs> <laughs> she basically was like she kept just doing like trying to do and redo the math in this super like yeah, cheery yeah, yeah, yeah. positive way <laughs> yeah so she was like no no, no we still have pennsylvania no 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 ohio's fine i mean like literally they were cutting to the guy with a big digital math who was like literally going like adding up the electoral votes oh, i and love being that like, guy he's like so dorky his little uh, like shirt rolled up to his elbows he's and so sweet and he's so excited and like everybody that we're cutting to you can just see them like doing the math redoing the math realizing that like it's happening it's happening baby it's like actually happening and it was my grandma just kept getting up and walking around and being like, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. And like walking out of the room. Yeah, yeah. And then she and Nick went downstairs and played ping pong. Like everybody was so stressed out. And then, you know. And then we just stayed up until 8 a.m. and like vomited at the sunrise. <laughs> I mean, just... it was so tragic. And then like even when like it was like the most tragic, like horrible thing. And Rachel Maddow literally was just like, Oh, whoa. I, I didn't see that coming. Like, just <laughs> well, like, I guess America has spoken. Wow. And then she kind of like changed a little bit and she was like, all right, great. So this is the country we, li we live in. Okay. <laughs> like, like, I guess our, like, because the polls were so wrong. I mean, it was the polls are so wrong. We just didn't see it coming. Honestly, I don't know if y'all are around during Hurricane Katrina. This is a thing that might be a little too old for some of the younger listeners. But but it's pretty viral when <laughs> when uh, Kanye West and Mike Myers are standing there and they're talking about like how you have to donate. And then Kanye West said, George Bush doesn't care about black people. And yeah. Mike Myers goes <gasps> like that, like <laughs> so nervous. And uh, that was pretty much I felt like on some level, like Rachel Maddow going like, that's the country we live in. And yeah. they all just are sitting there going like, Shh, okay, we have to calm down. <laughs> it was like, cause they're supposed to be like celebrating the democratic process. That's their angle. Right. And it we went from Hillary. George Bush doesn't care about <laughs> George Bush doesn't care about black people too. Well, I guess all of America doesn't care about women, black people, uh, poor, any, people. poor people, immigrants, gay people, or anybody. Yeah. See you later, guys. Uh, so uh, so fucked. And, and then we I were, remember the next day we were like, we we were just like kind of in a daze, and we walked to like through the forest preserve, which would have been our celebratory walk. Like that's my grandma's favorite thing to do is walk through the forest preserve. And I just remember coming across like random like ghostly like middle-aged women or women in their 60s just like walking like hanging their head like everyone was so sad like anyone who has in touch with nature and would be in a forest preserve was like <laughs> yeah. this is the worst day of my life like it was just insane so that was like uh, the saddest thing well then the other thing that was a list so then then trump gets elected right and then it was so there was the big woman's march on the Whatever day that was. But the day before that was the day of the actual inauguration. So there were two things planned. Like there was a, there was a protest march On for actual, the inauguration. Right. And then the following day was going to be. The women's march so was also anyone, a protest of Trump. Right. Of course it was. Of course it was. But like 
that the woman's March was like, it was on a Saturday and it was just like this beautiful sunny day. But the inauguration March was on a Friday and it was pouring down rain. And here my in mother, LA. my mother had flown in from Seattle to March in this historic March with her daughter. Right. So she flew out for specifically that purpose. So, and then this, the, the Saturday one was glorious, but the Friday one was pouring down rain and we were down there and like, it was just not, there was just no unity. Like everyone was fighting. Well, that was there were like thing. people in the streets. They were like off the, <laughs> there was people that are like, okay, you have to stay on the sidewalks. And the whole contingency there was like off the sidewalks and into the streets. That was such a funny dude. There was a group of dudes who were like trying to make it more of a protest. <laughs> yeah. So the people who had organized it were like, okay, everybody like stay in a line, like right. get over here. These guys like fuck the lines, get them off. And there's like and other some people, people playing <laughs> drums. Someone's doing like poetry. Yeah. It was just like, oh no, it I was, did not come down here for poetry. It was like eight different factions it was of like, like resistance groups that but you like, got to be like all right these are our people and i might not like them on any level yeah. but at least they're against trump and i am too so like let's go on this stupid march in the pouring down rain so we're like walking through the streets of dtla i'm soaked all the way through like my we were so like shoes socks underwear like i had been swimming in which them, right? never happens in la so we're and then we're like going through la and then we're walking down this street and the buildings are tall and the clouds like break and the sun like shines through and it's like so beautiful. There's like a little bit of a rainbow. It's just like, and everyone cheers and everyone's like looking up and enjoying the sun for a split second. And there's a guy on top, on top of one of the buildings and he just goes, <laughs> yeah. And everyone goes, yeah. And he throws like a handful of like ticker tape over and it's just like, beautiful and it's going through the sunbeams and they're just it's like fluttering down like thousands of pieces of glitter just like this glorious celebration and i'm looking up and one of the ticker tapes hits me in the forehead and i take it off and across it it just says loser <laughs> <laughs> that guy won so hard and i just started me we, we were, were just kyle i mean he won that was like that's a good bit he you got a ticker tape over the entire front <laughs> that just said loser <laughs> Like, that's a good bit. We just started laughing, but then a bunch of people were so pissed. We're like, boo! And I remember talking to a coworker of mine who is a particularly humorless leftist, and that person had been at that same march, and I was like, oh, were you there when they threw the ticker tape? Yeah, the asshole! Like, so against it. I was like, how are you going to be mad at them, man? Like, they won, you know? <laughs> like, that was dope, you know? Well, I've already told this story, but for those of you who don't remember or who haven't heard it, on the next day... We went to the women's march. Nick had to work. And then I walked like four miles through Koreatown from downtown to go to Nick's work. And he was so overwhelmed because they were like slammed that he told, what did you say to me? I don't you even remember. just told me to leave. You're like, I can't help you. It was just like this restaurant just couldn't handle it. We were like bursting at the seams. We were so understaffed and it was the march. So we were way too slammed. And you showed up with like your mother and a group of friends and you guys had walked all this way. And I remember not, being mean you it were was kind so of a joke mean it and was then it not just a ended joke. up as being this the meanest thing i feel like it was a it was basically just how trump got elected it was literally like literally nick just goes like i don't know i can't get you a table <laughs> and then i walked back and i was like nick told me to go away and i got so mad at him that one of my friends just bought us a lift to a different restaurant <laughs> yeah. and then like he, he like didn't say anything and the whole time i was like i was like well 
Nick's a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about it, I know we've already talked about this. I'll just say I don't it again. Care, I don't care. We'll just rehash it. It was, the was worst. like the best part about it was when I finally got off work and met met Muriel and the group. Is she had been so mad at me that everyone was like so nice to me. I know. Like, he showed up and they're like, they were like, Nick, how are you? They were, I, they were like, he was just busy. It's like, he's the, I go, I've been busy before. I've worked in restaurants. He's not busy. He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> because I still think, especially for like certain friends of ours, well, pretty much, I don't know. I don't want to say this for all of our friends, but I think like, People know us as like a couple that like particularly gets along. And like if we fight, it's like funny and or not in public. Like, you know, so it was one of our only displays of being like actually furious with each other. Well, I think like that people there's different tiers. I think most of our I don't know, whatever. Some people would find that to be hysterical. For instance, like Kyle went with us. I think he would think that was very, very funny. But some people cannot handle, they love you so much. Well, and they were just not comfortable with you being furious, which they had also never seen. Right. I'm usually a ball of fucking sunshine. So that pretty <laughs> much set up the, uh, you know, gender issues at hand during the Trump administration exactly. from day one. Yes. And I don't know. Hopefully that. Hopefully the days are numbered for this administration. Yeah. So we are here. That was our entrance into 2016. And now we are here to enter like guns blazing in a beautiful ball of glory into 2020. And uh, it's starting today, people. Yes. There are, we know it's early, but there are 12 applicants and the field is still open. So there's a bunch of weirdos to look at to beat the devil in the White House and we are going to do that today. So what is going to happen is we're going to pour a bunch of whiskey. Yes. Well, first we'll press pr- press pause. Keep going. Pour the whiskey. <laughs> get our notes because we took notes. Took 12,000 hours to get them together. And we'll be back with you guys in a few minutes. Yeah. This next part will be equal parts research and embarrassing admissions of ignorance and jokes. Okay, bye. Hello. Pardon the interruption. This is Nick and Muriel. If you're hearing this, it means we do not have sponsorship for this episode. Nope, but Campfire Media is working hard to make sure that changes. In the meantime, this episode is brought to you by you, our listeners. If you want to support Hell in Your 30s, please go to patreon.com slash hell in your 30s. How do you spell Patreon, Nick? P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash hella in your 30s, all spelled out. We have plenty of tiers for you to join the Hella family at whatever level feels comfortable for you. And hey, if you're not feeling another monthly subscription all up in your bush and you appreciate the podcast, you can always Venmo us at Hella in your 30s or send us a little something something through PayPal at Hella in your 30s at gmail.com. And now back to the episode. All right, well, we're back. We had to go watch a Great British Baking show so we could realize how competitions are supposed to be fought <laughs> and also cry. Why does Great you British, it still so makes me much. cry. You cry because you like watching people hug, I Well, think. I like it because it's just, it's, it's just like people who are just, you know, pulled out of their normal life and they get a chance to be, try really hard at something they love to do. 
around people who are like-minded and then someone's like, this is good or it's not. I don't know. It's just great. I, Everyone should have the chance to be on their Great British Baking Show, yes. whether it's baking or whatever. Everyone should be granted that opportunity. Okay, love. It's wonderful, okay? okay? I hope some of these Democratic primary candidates are happy. <laughs> A very great British moment. I could imagine you being the host and just being like, okay, everybody did a good job. And you guys are ready. And I have to tell you to go home, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. Uh, I know. Oh, God. All right. So All right, we have 12. We're going to get into these 12. We're going to do it fast. We're going to not be boring. We Trust me, we have stats on these guys, and you can fact check us, but then you're the square. Yeah, you know? but also the responsible adult. This is not... this. All this section is yes. is a very quick snapshot, very early in the primary race, about the top 12 people and whether or not we think they're stupid as shit or kind of cool or like a square or a narc. Okay. So Nick's going to do the bottom four. Okay. Bottom four. Here so we we're, go. We're doing this based on the most uh, recent Quinnipiac. I can't say it. Quinnipiac. Stop. Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. The polls, which you know you can't trust anyways nowadays. Yeah, but... Okay. <laughs> I don't know. We could, whatever. All right, okay. quick, fast, good. So this is based on the most recent polling. We're going to, uh, there's 12 total who've qualified for some debate yes. in the 2020 schedule, 2019-2020 schedule. Um, we are going to start with the bottom four. These guys okay. have earned about 1% or less on any poll. <laughs> did you, okay, did you look up any of them? No, so okay. this is going to be your you, thing. I'll but, hit you with some bullet but points. But can I talk a little bit? You can always talk, Muriel. Okay, so I'm going to interject stupid things. Equality. Platitudes, but the opposite of a platitude. <laughs> a shit talking? I almost said a platypus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know about platypuses? I, I know that they... They're the only mammals who lay eggs. Yes. And they also are poisonous. There's if you eat them? No, if they bite you. Really? Yes. Do they also have like a penis that's also a vagina no that's not that's not that is ducks that a have duck? crazy penises but they're not about vaginas ducks okay. when they have boners yeah. and they have sex with another duck their boners explode into the duck they're like nine inches long and like google a picture you will be shocked and totally hor horrified nine like inches okay so that's this is what small. we're gonna do that's this, tiny that's embarrassing it. for a duck stop it right i now. like ducks before this so this is what we're gonna do you are going to say very quickly the nominations, <laughs> okay. and I'm going to look up facts on ducks and platypuses. Okay. Julian Castro. He's 45. He's from San Antonio, Texas. He's beautiful. I love this guy. He has a very kind of generic <laughs> people first policy proposals things. He um, uh, uh, cares a lot about foster care, uh, farm workers unions, <laughs> dignity. <laughs> Dignity for domestic workers. We're laughing at him, but he's actually I'm a good guy. I'm not laughing at him. I'm laughing at me not being able to spell facts on platypus facts. <laughs> also, this is what this is our compromise. Okay. You're not going to go down the list and say all the things. Okay, I'm not. What do you think he is? Just I think that he's it. a very nice, generic, um, uh, Democrat, liberal guy who uh, has a cool life and doesn't have to take any huge risks because he knows he's not going to win. Okay, so that's Julian Castro, okay. but I like him. Tulsi Gabbard, awesome. She's 38. 
She's hell in her 30s. She's from Hawaii. She's a military uh, combat veteran. She's the first Samoan and first Hindu member of Congress. For all the people out there who know that I am racist, also know that that Stop. is only because I think Samoans are the coolest people. I love, number one, number one, I love Tulsi Gabbard. She's straight up anti-war. She thinks we're on the, if you go to her page, it's like, we're on the brink of nuclear uh, annihilation and we may waste money on wars. If you're super anti-war, then Tulsi Gabbard is your girl. I love her. Okay, what else we got going? Muriel, how you doing on platypuses? Really? Okay, 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 okay. Okay, <laughs> there's so many things. I knew this was going to be crazy. <laughs> okay. What do you got? No, I'm going to do it at the end, fool. No, oh, okay. We'll do it now. I think you should No, I'm Googling duck okay, penis. Okay, fine. Also at the <laughs> bottom of the list, surprised. I'm surprised. I did not think he was going to be at the bottom. Beto O'Rourke. He's 47 from El Paso, Texas. Yeah, people will be liking him. Well, he almost defeated Ted Cruz, which would have been the shit, but he lost. Uh, his big thing is like gun control. <laughs> the first headline is duck penises grow bigger among rivals. <laughs> Uh, to what an, an embarrassingly small 10 inches bigger than the nine or just yeah, bigger just in general stop. i don't even know what your point is uh, you get I do my, know what it is you get my point stop. okay okay <laughs> so beto is super into gun control he's like one of the main people who's like mandatory buyback on assault weapons and he's like we're coming for your guns um other than that he's i can't say that he's bad i haven't heard him speak or uh, anything so I don't know if he's like magical or powerful but he's you know he's a good liberal he's a, he's a liberal he's he's got it going on he's in the bottom four then you got Tom Steyer all right so this guy claims to be a self-made this guy billionaire. I do not trust why because he's a he says he's a self-made billionaire that's why right <laughs> okay I think the only do. way you can be a self-made billionaire is if you create your own currency and then get other people to like buy into it right yeah right okay he's the one that straight up says Trump is a criminal president I didn't see any of the that kind of language on any of the other websites um he's into like equal uh that all people should have rights for an equal vote he's really into voting rights clean air and water free education preschool through college doesn't say how he's going to pay for it why are Sorry, you burping because I'm, so I'm drinking and kicking it girl and okay. I'm trying to talk fast okay okay uh uh Equal rights for a living wage, and uh, everyone has a right to universal health care. I don't know. He's really into climate, the climate, confronting the climate crisis. Hold on, hold on. What? Instead of lists of things, yes. what do you think of this guy? Evil billionaire or radical billionaire that they're trying to like hide in the underground? I think he's neither. I think he's a decent billionaire who just proves that... Uh, with enough money, you can get like 150,000 people to sign your petition. Okay, great. Uh, yeah. Um, right. I think if he was a good billionaire, he'd be giving his money to one of the better candidates. All right. Um, All right, ready? Yes. So here are the two things I've learned. Okay. One, duck penis facts. Male ducks have a corkscrew penis, and uh, they basically, when they have sex with another duck... They spring, the penis springs from the body like a corkscrew. It's <laughs> like a chameleon's tongue? Yeah, yeah. It basically, and it's less than half a second. They're 20 centimeters long when erect, which is insane because a duck, a duck so 20 centimeters is only like seven inches-ish. Um, it's like eight inches. Mm -hmm. But a duck is only 20 inches long. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's like if a male penis, like if you were six feet tall, right. then your penis would be three feet long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then here are the things about a platypus. All right. Okay. These are platypus are insane. Oh no. Why is this freezing? Okay. Very quickly. I'm not going to read all these facts, but one, they don't have a stomach. <laughs> what do they have? They have a, a spiny enchiladas. I don't know. Ooh, that sounds like spicy enchiladas. They're basically, they have a gullet that correct, collects directly to their intestine. So they don't have a stomach to digest. When you get swallowed by a platypus, you go straightly, straight into their butthole. Okay, <laughs> next thing. Uh, so they're, they are the only uh, mammal who, okay, they <laughs> <laughs> what they're a monotreme this is all pretty drastic we're talking about politics monotreme means single hole in greek so they pee poop, oh. and have sex all from the same hole nice classic classic <laughs> and has there been, eggs has there been like a good adult swim animated series about platypus definitely not okay we should no, do that I, okay yeah That's but i am one. in charge of this section uh the males are poisonous i get to have dumb interjections the males are poisonous mm-hmm uh, and also, um, they, so then the other thing they do is that they, uh, hold on. The first known platypus was a hoax, which I think is very funny. <laughs> they they just, use gravel as makeshift teeth. So wait. when they eat something, they scoop up a thing of gravel and then use the gravel as the teeth to chew the thing. That's dope. That's wild, right? Yeah, that's cool. But I, you're saying the first known platypus was a hoax? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So someone invented, they were like, oh, I saw this animal. And it's, then it actually And then, it, then that got, that is really cool. So I should do that for like The other like, thing about our... them that is wild, <laughs> yeah. they don't have nipples. They lactate in on their, they lactate like on the skin of their body. And then their babies lap up the milk. Oh, so it's like when uh, we drink um, our whiskey out of our spilled whiskey out of the carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't uh, want to do bits, but actually think about that. I know. I am thinking about no drinking. Nipples? I'm thinking about drinking milk off of my mother's hairy <laughs> body. I'm not no bits, Muriel. I'm really imagining that. Right like now. I'm just saying, like that's wild. <laughs> All, All right. right, so we're going back to politics. Okay, good. All right, Amy Klobuchar is a 59-year-old senator from Minnesota. She's pretty much a, a centrist. She's not very exciting to me and boring, boring, boring. She thinks we should keep building the wall, apparently. I don't know. I don't think she's worth talking about yet. Okay. But if, she, if we get closer, maybe. Yes, she'll undo some shit, and she thinks she's the candidate to beat Trump because she's from farm country. Yeah, well, they all think farm country is important. Fuck the electoral college, get rid of that, and no one's going to care about farm country. I swear <laughs> to God. I'm sorry if that's where you're from, but I'm like, let each vote count for a vote and stop talking about how Kentucky should rule the world. <laughs> I'm over it. Minnesota, you'd be like, well, I should beat Trump because I'm from Minnesota. The person who beats Trump should represent the most people in this stupid country. It should be like, I don't know, Superman. <laughs> Sucks. All right. All right. Cory Booker. Cory Booker. <laughs> also very centrist. He does have one. Wait, hold on. Cory Booker, what? 49. Where's he from? Do you know? He's from New Jersey and he's dating. Rosario Dawson. Oh, shit. Yo, it's a big deal. And that's the most important thing. He's very handsome. He's a good orator. Muriel is making fun of his lazy eyes. He has two lazy eyes. He looks like, um, not all the time, but when he gets really passionate, his eyes separate in opposite directions, 
Much like the dude from Young Frankenstein. Okay, I'm going to say that on his website, he did not have a lot of specific proposals, a lot of just blanket statements, but he did have one that's cool that I want to talk about. What? Which is called Baby Bonds. Okay, and hit me up with Baby Bonds. Okay, this is what Baby Bonds are. It's for low and, uh, low and middle income families that when they have a baby, the government puts $1,000 into that baby's name and then every year it gets two more $1,000 so that by the time it turns 18, it has roughly $46,000. And then it can pay for one semester of college. <laughs> well, that's a whole other issue. But the whole point of it is is that basically like more like uh, wealthier and generally white kids by the time they uh turn 18 they have like fifty thousand dollars so it's his way to try to close that gap well it's cool i mean if, if they fix uh like the housing market so you can buy a house yeah. and they fixed education so you're not in debt from going to college and then they fix the job market then $50,000 is a long way. That should be a down payment on a house with right. you or our parents. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He does one other cool thing. Muriel, don't get mad at me. I'm going to be a professor for one other second. He, uh, some other people want to do this. It's called the renter's credit. And it's basically if you spend more than 30% of your income on rent, then you get a tax refund to make up the difference. Yeah, baby. Give me that year. sweet, sweet refund. Which is cool. That we means I'm going to give myself a luxury apartment downtown. <laughs> and then I only have to pay like whatever, you know, man. Okay, okay great. <laughs> Continuing. Okay. We have Andrew Yang. AKA Yang Gang. 44. Where's he from? I, I don't know. He's a Silicon Valley uh, tech investor slash so, genius. Andrew Yang. I love this guy. He, to me, is a dark horse. And I don't care what you think. So that's <laughs> all. Uh, this guy is super weird. He's um uh he used to be a corporate lawyer. He's a venture capitalist. And his main thing that he's like basically campaigning on is a thousand dollar universal income what people call him this is why i love him he's the candidate for the end of the world because he's like look i work in tech and trust me the robots are coming for your job he's literally saying that like he's he's like monitor ai regulate it they're gonna murder us universal basic income none of you freakos are gonna have a job in 10 years like he's basically like i know all of the like Facebook guys, all these guys are good guys. I know these guys. But if they give the chance, given the chance, they're going to ruin your lives and take your money. <laughs> right. And if the government tells them not to do it, then they may not. Or right. they're going to get their robot overlords to take over your world. Like, it's really crazy. And I think that he's basically saying, like, Hello, Dark is my old friend. Read the writing on the wall. They're coming for you. Yeah. And I, for one, want to heed that warning. Yes, I agree. I think... $1,000 a month, you can just start to debate whether that what that would do. And then if landlords would just start charging you $1,000 a month more or whatever, whatever. There's no, a lot of things. because they're trying to things. regulate a lot of that stuff. Like he's, right. he's also, like the idea, like these extra bumps in income, yeah. I think are also given, like they want you to take into consideration that they're, he like is, for instance, like um, all in on, Medicare for all. Right. Right. So there's mm -hmm. like all these different things that he's trying to like that we would normally spend our thousand dollars on, like going to the doctor. Right. He's like there to kind of fix. So it right. really is a thousand dollars as opposed to it being like some sort of. Yeah. Thing. And he's like on board with like all the criminal uh, justice reform and yeah. like a bunch of really important stuff. Like yeah. That. He basically has a pretty similar profile, like a pretty like he is a really progressive platform. Yes. Um. He's like a lot of really strict limits on gun ownership and stuff like that. The other thing I love about him. Well, this is interesting. 
We'll talk about this in a little bit. But he wants to pay for all of this with a VAT tax. That's the value in uh, value added tax. And this is just a way of taxing goods that... Um, and services. And services that allows for a percentage of <clears throat> like the sale of every like part of the chain of manufacturing or producing something to go back to the government. So it's kind of hard to explain that. I don't think I really understand it, but it's essentially like if you're somebody who sells raw goods to a manufacturer, they, t you have to pay 10% um, or the manufacturer has to pay a 10% tax on that purchase yeah. that goes back to the government. And then on the next chain, when the manufacturer sends the goods to the distributor, and then there's a 10% tax that goes from that back to the government and then the distributor to the menu to the, um, what's it? Distrib retailer. Di the retailer. Right. Yeah. So like, I mean, I can see how I, I don't really understand it as far as I can, I can tell, I don't think it's compounded. So it doesn't all go back to the consumer. Right. But, um, the idea is that instead of changing like radical parts of the tax code, like, because people basically say if you, like change the taxes and billionaires are super good at like moving their money around and hiding right. it. So the VAT tax means that if you want to participate and benefit from any part of the American economy, right. then you have to pay this tax. It's like, it just basically forces your hand. Yeah. So there's no other there. You're not, you're not like you can't move your money around. It's like, if you want to buy this stupid thing, you have to pay the tax, which I think is awesome. And also I think 160 companies or countries out of 193 um, pay. They all have VAT taxes. Right. And it's a super how, common way to tax. And it works. It supposedly works very well. Right. The real. other thing he wants to do is he wants to give everyone $100 to put uh, to donate politically however they see fit. And if you don't use $100, it's not like you get to keep it. $100, use it or lose it, put it towards any candidate, and it's basically a way to get big um, uh, big like corporate dollars out of uh, campaigning. The other thing he wants to do is he wants to do ranked voting. So you rank your top three candidates, one through three. I love this guy. He just got super stoned, and he was like, okay, I got a bunch of ideas. Yeah, right. And just like put them all out there. And like most of these platforms so far at this stage in the game, they read very similarly. Yeah. And his in particular just has a ton of ideas that right. just feel innovative and interesting and like kind of sparkly. And it's like, like, Oh my God, is it really a tech bro that we need? Which it might be like, he's got so many good ideas. I mean, right and now like, we have like what a brothel bow bro. Like what do we have right now in the who, white house? Oh, a brothel bro. <laughs> I don't know what he is. We he's have like any a, no, he's just like a daddy bro. He's like a uh, Fred Trump bro. Fred Trump bro. I don't know. He's just rich because of his dad. And then he no, got, he's, he's, he's not racist. even a bro. He wishes he was a bro. He's like, why won't anybody <laughs> shake my tiny hands? All right, moving on. Okay. So Kamala Harris, 55. Uh, she's a senator from California, baby. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and uh, she was awesome in all the congressional hearings recently. She kind of made a name for herself. So I don't want to get too deep into Kamala Harris. I think like, uh, like, basically a lot of her criticism. So there's a really good article that time just came out with time magazine, like today. So today is the 10th. Yeah. So like pretty recently in early October time uh -huh. magazine came out with a, um, an article about her and I think it's pretty critical, but to me, 
it helps snap some stuff into focus. I don't want to go over the article. If you're interested, read it because it'll kind of help. But essentially, you can distill it down to like when she was a prosecutor, she ran on this platform that was pretty progressive and she had the opportunity to make decisions that were pretty progressive. And across the board, she didn't. Yeah. So people feel like they were really excited about her. She's brilliant. She's really well educated and she's talented. And then she, when push came to shove, she was able to kind of like, she's a little too spineless, it seems like, in terms of like saying, like, this is what I believe in. And the Time article is basically about how that's all true to them, or that's like the idea. That's what the premise we're working off of. And that she basically. Went into the like more recent congressional hearings and like the way that she was grilling people on the stand was so exciting and we yeah. loved like her aggression, her power, her like kind of like intelligence, her like no fucks given. Yeah. Like so there was this kind of like powerful kind of tigeress sort of lady. And then what ended up happening was she made her presidential platform based on unity. And so like the excitement that she kind of like garnered at first was not the per like now they basically say she's walking around the country just like on a platform of platitudes. It just feels like she doesn't know what she wants. And like her, like she has a kind of a rambling message. I haven't seen her speak. Yeah. Like I saw her speak in 20, like 17, I think. And she was brilliant, but like, uh, the you saw her in person. Yeah. And it, she was brilliant. Um, I thought she was amazing, but I think what they're saying essentially is like her platform and her stump speech is formed around like worrying. Yeah. So she's like, I'm a warrior. My mother is a warrior, not warrior, worry, warrior. And I am a warrior. And my campaign is built off of the things we worry about at 3 a.m. I heard her talk about that too. Yeah. And people are just kind of like, it doesn't really track and it's not really like it's an, it's a message in the absence of a message sort of like, and that like she's basically completely not delivering on the promise of somebody who could like rip Trump a new asshole in the debates, you know, like, or like be like this crazy, you know, so that that's kind of the idea. Right. Well, and not to mention, she put a lot of kids in jail for low, low uh, hanging crime, uh, drug crime. Right. All right. Moving on. Okay. Moving on. We got Mayor Pete Buttigieg. I don't know how to say his last it's, name. I think it's Buttigieg, Buttigieg. Or you can say Mayor Pete. I All think right. it's Buttigieg. He is a leader in the LGBTQ uh, new era of Damn, America. Like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to our listeners, not you. Not sorry to Muriel. Uh, he's a leader, and uh, and he's and he's awesome. Actually, I, I don't know about all of his politics, but I saw him interviewed on the Breakfast Club, and they were grilling him because he's been. Uh, he got you know basically he's from Indiana. Uh, some white cops killed some black people, and all of his black constituent conti- what's the word constituents. constituents constituents were like what the hell what's going on and did he hold them accountable and he basically the answer was no it was like and then he had to fire his black police chief and replace him with a white police chief and they were like are you just some terrible racist white dude and he said no and what he did in the wake of all that was come up with the douglas plan which is uh just a big plan to invest in the empowerment of black america and honestly it's one of the most progressive interesting like attempts at that i won't break it down now uh look into it 
because and then he's not going. What is it called again? It's called the Douglas Plan. The Douglas Plan. So if you're interested in Buttigieg, that seems like a really interesting thing. The other thing that he is is 37. Yeah. Which hello. Hell in your 30s. Get out there, be president, be vice president. I don't care. You're going to save the world. (laughs) Uh, He also wants to unleash rural opportunity. Uh, Other than that, he's really into military and very centrist, if not right of center. Yeah, he's I'm done with him. He seems very I think he's I think he's a little more progressive than that. Um, Oh, one thing he wants to do that I'm super excited about. Yeah. Expand the Supreme Court to 15 seats. Yeah. And also I'm sick of this. We do not need people aging out until they die in the Supreme Court. We need to have a different system. Yeah, this is like, can are we actually serious with this right now? Like, it's ridiculous. Like, God bless and keep every person on the planet, but we do not need that in the Supreme Court. We need something else. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, a lifetime appointment will like stop us from being corrupt. What about just power tripping like an asshole? <laughs> Also, Kavanaugh needs to be pushed out a window. Okay. Wow. No, that's not. We're, we're, can we get in trouble for that? Can we? I don't know. He wouldn't die. It would be there would be a pillow that was not a death threat. I mean, I didn't say I would do that. I said it needs to happen. <laughs> okay. 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 Nobody cares about me. Hey, China, if you're listening. Da, 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 da. <laughs> All right. We're moving into the top three. Okay. Great. So we're gonna go from as of right now, as of today, in the Quinnipiac poll. Mm-hmm. Quinnipiac. Yes. Quinnipiac poll. Uh, we are, Warren is leading, Biden is in the middle, Bernie is last, but there's a margin of error that could yeah. really change their positioning at any time. Right. Um, so, in currently, in number three, is our man, Bernie Sanders. He's weird. He's old. He is the man with the plan. You know what he wants to give us? What? This role, he said, listen to me. Y'all are not, he goes, I'm of the people. I understand the people. The people are important to me. I do not take a corporate dollar. And guess what that means? Y'all are dumb. You're <laughs> dumb as hell. I'm not going to have a complicated plan. Free education, <laughs> yeah, free right. health care, housing for all. That's a right. Eliminate medical debt. Cancel all student debt. And then, you know, if we have anything left over, I'm going to buy a bunch of cats or something, you know, <laughs> and retire because I am old. I know. And God bless him. He just had a heart attack. Please heal I up. Just... And his daughter-in-law died. We love you, Bernie. Stay strong. Uh, he wants to pay for all this stuff by taxing the mega wealthy. And he just came out with like, a, so basically they're like, how do you pay for this? And Warren came out with a, with uh, like a billionaire tax, a wealth tax. And then about, just in early October, Bernie came out with an even more aggressive wealth wealth tax. Yeah. So like he's like, okay, great. And he's like, you want to copy me? What? Yeah, watch <laughs> this. I'm gonna do. You said three yeah. percent. I said eight yeah. percent. I see. I see you three percent, and I raise you five percent. <laughs> I know. He's like really going for it. So, uh, Bernie Sanders is the best. He's been in politics forever. He's always been true to himself and to his people he inspired more young people in the last primaries than anyone ever has he's he's the best can he will if he gets i think he could get elected but if he can can he get any of this shit past the supreme court because apparently all this uh wealth tax stuff is all apparently it's very debatable whether it's constitutional or not i mean that's the thing it's like that's why yang was exciting to me because i i kept reading like i'm like okay cool if you can do the wealth tax the billionaire tax i'm 100 percent on board if I was a billionaire, I would be like, take half my billions. I don't need it. Right. I don't need it. There's no reason for me to need that. 
I completely agree with everything he's saying, except for the fact that, A, there are three countries currently who successfully have levied a wealth tax. Other countries dropped it in all these socialist countries because people, uh, like, leave. And so that's kind of, like, stressful. And then, like, I'm like, okay, well, if you can't pass it, do you have a backup plan? And it's like, all this stuff just costs a lot of money. So I want it, right? But I'm like, well, can you... Can you do it? Well, here's what I love about Bernie Sanders. What? And what he's saying is the only way he can do it is if we do it together. If we actually come together as a people. And, and burn this shit to the ground. And demand change. Yes. Okay? And push some billionaires out the window. <laughs> we used to say eat the rich. And now we're just like, can we just tax you, please? Like, it used to be bad, the motherfuckers. I know, I know. And now we're like, how about you just, how about in 15 years your wealth is cut in half? Which is what he wants to do. And that's what I love about him. If you go to his website, he's straight up like, together, the only way we can take on Donald Trump and the billionaire class is together. And he's just like, that's who, that's what this campaign's about. And I'm completely on board. As long as he is he is healthy, because God bless you, Bernie Sanders, you're so old. Yeah, just get a running mate that we're all like super. I think Bernie Yang would be a fun one. Just somebody that we're super on board with. I think Bernie Warren would be awesome. Um, but uh, you know, whatever. Think, yeah, we Warren, need a running Bernie, mate whatever. that we know will survive because God <laughs> know. knows Bernie might be able to give us four years. Okay. Okay. We love you, on. Bernie. Stay stay alive forever. Stay alive forever. We do love you though, because you're cute as all. He's cute. He's, the he's best. handsome. He's, he's also cute and he's cool. handsome. Yeah. Like watch him like his dumb like all the like ever I get that it's like mass produced like pro Bernie stuff, but if you watch like his interview with Cardi B or like Killer Mike or any of his thing or his Joe Rogan episodes. You just like, He's the best. It's like you'd want to have a beer with him. (laughs) Okay, anyways, we're moving on. Biden. Biden, go home. Oh, my God. Muriel, don't be biased against Biden, okay? Biden is so annoying. (laughs) I know. In this world, he's like, like, listen, I'm going to try to fight for the blue-collar fracker. He's like, shut the, the fuck up. Fracker. He's just like, I can't. I can't with this I man. Know, I know, I know. His website is by far the most vague. He's just like, we're in a battle for the soul of America. Just nothing. This guy I, actually has a nerve to say middle class is not a number. It's a set of values. Yeah, and it's like, hey, dummy. Like, this is what he does, right? Because you he says that, and you guarantee if you sit down with him and you go, hey, man, you know what you're saying is that poor people don't have values. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, and then you have to be like, yeah, dude, do you get that? And you're like, oh, I'm really sorry about that. Let me give you a fucking 10 finger hug. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, he's just like not thinking, man. Oh I just my think God. He, he just reminds me of so many, like, he's just like a nice, good liberal dude, like an older dude. Right. That's what he is. And his, his whole thing is like, we need to bring like respect and dignity back to the White House. And it's like, He's got, he has no, he's not trying to take on any of the income inequality. He like has this vague sense of like, I've got the union's backs. Well, and it's all just like milk toast. Like, okay, like not, we're not going to make pot legal. We're going to decriminalize it. I think not he's the f- only one who doesn't want to legalize marijuana. Of the 12 front runners. Yeah. He's the only one. He's like, Okay, everybody wants to do either free college or debt-free college. And he's like, well, I'll just say two years of college. That's yeah, right. his policy. You know, it's just like, I don't know. It's just like everything is just so soft and dumb. And like, he's like, 
we like kind of weak on fracking and like he loves the ACA and he's like, you know, we fought hard for that. It's just like when you're, you're like talking to your yeah. dad and your dad's like, you know, like, well, why don't you use the, uh, you know, like, why don't you wear the coat I have? And it's like, well, dad, I don't want to wear that dumb coat. <laughs> it's like, it's old. It's from the eighties. And this is a you real example. You have garbage in the pocket. That's a real example. Cause my dad would trying to give me crazy clothes all <laughs> yeah. the time. And I was like, Oh dad, I don't want this coat. He's like, what do you mean? This is a good coat. It's like, I don't want this coat. I just got it dry clean. It's like, I don't want the coat. Well, it'll keep you warm. But it's like, I understand. <laughs> I understand that it'll keep me warm. It's like the wrong size. Yeah. It's the wrong shape. It doesn't keep me that warm. It's not waterproof. Oh. And he's like, you know, why, don't, why don't you just try it on and see if you like it? Try it on again. You, uh, know? you know, it's totally <laughs> fucked up that I forgot. Jamaica was saying she she was like, I love your guys' podcast. She was like, give me so much love. She was like, I love Muriel. Muriel's like Michelle Obama. And Nick, Nick, you're like Joe Biden. (laughs) (laughs) She meant it. She knew what she was saying. Damn it, Jamaica. Such a good burn. Yeah, it's a really good burn. I know. Fucking. And I don't want to get into electability. I hate talking about electability because I thought clearly Donald Trump was nowhere near electable and whatever, whatever. But I just, based on whatever happened last time, I absolutely have no faith that when push comes to shove, Biden can beat Trump. Biden is not going to beat Trump. Biden, there's no Trump is going to eat Biden alive. It's going to be because Trump is hungry and his belly is very fat and horrible. And Biden has a bunch of children. Yeah, he he can eat eat the children too, and he's going to be like, "Oh, this is so delicious." Uh, The hellfires that are inside my stomach can roast them alive. uh, Biden did lose lose a son, and I just want to shout out. Some love and peace also to the Biden family. We're talking a lot of shit, but also be strong and carry on. And thank you for your service. I mean, it's not about that. It's just mostly, I mean, it's not about like trashing Biden, even though I did tell him to go home. (laughs) It's mostly just like out of this field of people. It's like when the dark horses, like the people pulling like sixth place are more exciting. Yeah, right. Than like you, like just think about whether or not you actually are right for this country. I don't know. And also, <sighs> but there is one reason I would vote for him. Why? If the, Remember in that climate change debate when his eyes started bleeding? Oh my God. If he could do that on command, I'd be like, he's our leader. You would be disrupted shit all over the place. That'd be so Ooh! fucking cool. I would vote for him if he got the nomination. You know. Well, right. I think that goes without saying. I agree with that, but ugh. Okay. Okay, last but definitely not least. AKA Elizabeth- first and probably most. Okay, Elizabeth Warren. Okay, so we need to condense this because there's a million things you could say about Elizabeth Warren. We're very excited about her. She has basically an identical platform to Bernie Sanders. In a lot of ways. With a significantly more hypocritical past, but that's okay. Just a markedly more hypocritical past. But also arguably more accomplished past also. Yeah. And, you know, she, one thing that I love about her, like if you were to say Bernie is of the people. Yeah. Like, like Elizabeth wants to tear it down. Yeah. Like she's got a can of gasoline and she's like, no more lobbyists. Like, yeah. you know, like you can't make money off of serving in politics anymore through lobbyists. Right. We're going to like totally do uh campaign finance reform. Like she's super like into like, you know, uh, like bringing back like more antitrust laws to breaking apart big tech companies. Like Facebook is terrified of her. I know. I think I can't remember who it was. It might've been like a Colleen Doyle, a funny comedian from L from Chicago. I think it was her hot take, but she was just like, 
Mark Zuckerberg says Elizabeth Warren is an existential crisis to Facebook. She was like, and then her hot take was like, you know, like I've never heard of a better reason to vote for Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> bitches in your backyard with a can of gasoline. <laughs> right. Like, let's not talk about existential threat. Let's talk about straight up threat. <laughs> yeah, right. She is coming after you, dude. And I love that stance. And she's just like, I don't care. And like, I am excited to learn more. I'm a little nervous because a lot of stuff that I've been reading is like she can't do a lot of the stuff she says, like the way that she wants to break up companies. Like, yeah. But then we thought that about Trump, and Trump ruined the entire country. Right. I mean, Trump is currently telling China to investigate Joe Biden. Yeah, right. Like, it turns out you can... That I mean, that's what Trump taught us, is that, like, actually, you can kind of do, do anything. anything. And that's, like, what is exciting about fighting fire with fire yeah is that it's like you know like warren's got this like wealth tax and it's like is that gonna work and like she wants to do like break apart all the corporations and tax everybody to this yeah. crazy like lengths and like i'm so down and she's basically saying like they're saying well we don't think you can do that and she's like well i don't know watch me I'll yeah do right you know yeah she can and she probably can with the you know, weight of her, um, supporters behind her. It's exciting. I don't know. I've just, I'm like, that's why I'm just like these centrist people. It's like, we need a, a return to normalcy and dignity and whatever. It's just like, no, uh-uh. See, I thought when we were in 2016, I genuinely was like, let's pick a centrist, like to follow Obama, to extend this agenda and get some stuff done. Cause essentially right. Obama was robbed like years worth of stuff from this, like, sort of like Congress and like the whole sort of... Yeah, Mitch McConnell and all the obstruction in his, from the Republicans or whatever. It's like we needed something like... I was like, let them finish what we started. Like, right. let us have that actual term yeah. back. And I just figured like they would be the strongest way to win. And like, I want to finish that idea and then we'll figure out what to do after that because it felt like we were missing a gap. But then after Trump, it's like... I could not justify having a centrist candidate. No. Trump. You know, like you just are like, I can't, I can't even like wrap my head around that at this point. It's just like, like just read the room dudes. Right. Well, and Biden's whole thing is like anti-Trump, like, uh, you know, and Warren and uh, Bernie, even though they're straight up like, I need you and we will de defeat, you know, Trump and the billionaire class, like they're not walking around just talking about anti-Trump shit. I mean, Joe Biden's literally like, I'll beat him like a dog and saying like, I am all so these, over like, Joe Biden. Go home, Joe, get your fucking cocoa, dude. Uh, yeah, we like her. The only thing is, I'm not, I don't want to get too far into it, but yeah. the whole Native American thing is really, really shady. <laughs> no, it's so shady. And you know what sucks is like, I knew that, like, if I were, if you have a chance that you're listening to this and you're like, well, you know, she didn't really do that. I got into an argument with Nick because Nick was like actually reading about it. And I was just like, well, she didn't really do it. And you were like, no, no, she did. <laughs> yeah, then, no. like, the more you read about it, you're like, oh God. No, she straight up lied. I mean, she basically lied but Muriel, Muriel's hot take was that like I don't know I think a lot of like white ladies that age like consider themselves Native American well, and it's true like so many like from the Midwest are like oh yeah I'm about a quarter well and every white woman is like reincarnated right. like her in a past life she was a Native American or whatever I thought I see my my idea was like I had always heard those stories and I had thought okay well 
I think there's a lot like I grew up like my grandmother thought that she was like part Native American and yeah, like yeah. my my aunts think like our side of the family and my dad's side is Native American. It's like this thing that like persists and to the point where like if there if you grew up in a in a era where there was no DNA testing and you couldn't do like 23 and me and you couldn't like say it. And it's like your whole family always said you were native American. I think a lot of white people would be like, yeah, I am. I mean, like they have the conviction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so I just kind of was like, well, maybe it's not on purpose. Yeah. But then like, you know, I think like I read something that she submitted like a native American recipe to a cookbook. No, she did. And I was just like, Oh God. No, it's so, it's really, it really is truly like the deepest kind of white lady embarrassment. It really is. And so like, she also lied about it with Harvard law school to help them seem more, uh, like diverse or whatever. I can't. So, okay. (laughs) It's, it's It's a little rough. It's a little rough. So, you know, (laughs) I I was like, I'm still arguing with it. I'm dealing with it. I'm feeling like there's a way to justify it, but (laughs) there's some shit out there, you know, do your own research because, you know, I didn't and I'm still clinging to this idea that it's justifiable. Warren! All right. Anyways, we want, I don't know. Okay. So, okay. We love Warren. We love Bernie. We love Yang. Uh, and everyone else ranges from, I, lo- I, I like Tulsi Gabbard. I like uh, Buttigieg. Yeah. I like... Um, I love Kamala Harris. I just, I, I just need her to decide that she's gonna embrace some revolutionary uh, policies. I just want her to see her beat some ass. I'm like, drop out of the presidential race and get out there and like decide what you stand for. Yeah, and do that for like four to eight years. Yeah, because she should be president back. eventually. Yeah, yeah, it's just like she's pa- she's so compelling. Yeah, but it's like she just has to decide what she wants and then come back. Because I'm like. I, I think there's so much interesting stuff. I mean, stuff could you imagine her as Secretary of State or something? Yeah, just that's like what I'm saying. Like, fucking she, crushing. She just needs to just crush. Like, yeah. just let her get out there and, like, crush, but, like, be like be you. Be brave and, like, do yeah. your thing. I'll support you. I'll protect people from pushing you out of windows. Just call <laughs> me, girl. I got you. And I kind of like Cory Booker, too. I like Cory Booker. Uh, all right. Well, well and, <laughs> hey, CB. If you're ever hanging out with Rosario Dawson, you guys need a little double date. Hell in your thirties. We got you covered. Yeah. You know, a lot of fun places in LA. You come yeah. out and we're able, whenever we're in New Jersey, we'll come see you. Yeah, that's right, baby. We'll eat you under the table. I love that. He's from New Jersey <laughs> too. Know, that makes it. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> he's such a weirdo. All okay. Right. Oh, and Marianne Williamson are, you know, I'm sorry. You're not in the race anymore. I think, I think it was bullshit. There was like vanity fair did a big photo shoot with like all of uh all the female candidates and excluded her bullshit. You should have been a part of that. Should have been a, you should have had a seat at the table. I love you, Marianne Williamson. Can I read you what Rob said about Marianne Williamson? (laughs) This is not a reflect my views, but I just think it's really funny. Let's see. What did he say? He said, honestly, I'm good with most of them except Biden and Williamson. Everyone else is at least competent. She's a nightmare. She's a faux spiritual con artist. (laughs) She should be selling Himalaya salt lamps on QVC. <laughs> this is not what I think, but I do think it's just such a good burn. Well, all I got to say <laughs> is that if we've learned anything and in the last... Said, I mean, there's a reason why she's being so embraced by Fox News. Well, 
Exactly. Because if there's anything we've learned in the last few years, it's that a, a faux leader can actually win the presidency. And it, you know. And That's it, right, Nikki. Get my cape and my crown ready. I am ready for my people. Oh, Muriel. Tw- when, when you, what? 2085. <laughs> Let's do yoga. Let's get fit. Okay. America. Oh, all right. Look, thank you for listening. You guys are literally the the reason that we're alive. You give us so much strength and power. We love you forever. Yes. If you, uh, I don't know, rate and review on iTunes. That yeah. Helps us. Share the podcast. You can tweet it. You can text it. Thank to people. you, Ryan and Ryan for all of your work. Thank you. Campfire media. And if you subscribe to our Patreon, Patreon then, uh, we will send you, if you do it by December 10th, we will send you some sort of card. Yes, you're going to get a little sweet treat from us. Uh, we have some fun-ass bonus material over there. Um, that's it. I don't know. Thank you for everything. I'm sure, oh my God, I almost didn't shout out all of some Instagram friends. That would have been embarrassing. We got cool people on Instagram hanging out with all us. All right, all right. Okay, we got Spec 21. Ooh. We got EFAB 85. Ooh. We got Squatching Since 86. Yee. And we got James Nevada. And on Facebook, we got Nada Karn. And we fucking love you guys, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure James does not listen to the podcast but he does like instagram well you know what everyone shame james nevada also i don't know if he likes instagram he could be listening (laughs) listen i just like to tease him because he is this tender tender bud of a human being that is like i think he's under 25 okay well he's beautiful and we love him either way um okay you guys are the best we're the second best and third is the one with the hairy chest aka me (laughs) good night Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with drills for hands or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're You're here here to to believe believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.